the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Incorporated. Today on Know the Truth, Philip DeCourcy asks, what are you going to choose today? Every day we will choose either joy or cynicism, joy or despair, joy or desolation, joy or worry, joy or complaining. Joy is a decision. It's a choice you make. You have got to rejoice in the Lord always. This is what is expected of you as a Christian. Welcome to Know the Truth, the Bible teaching ministry of Philip DeCourcy, pastor of Kindred Community Church in Anaheim Hills, California. One of the hallmark characteristics of the Christian life is joy, but if we're not careful, our joy can be robbed by stress. And today on Know the Truth, we'll explore God's prescription for reclaiming our joy. This is an encore presentation of a message called Sunny Souls, originally from Philip's popular Less Stress series. We're revisiting it now as one of the best of 2018. Here's Philip. Cyprian was the bishop of Carthage. He was a well-known Christian apologist and eventually a Christian martyr in the third century. And he wrote to a friend called Donatus, and he told of his conversion to Christianity and his commitment to Jesus Christ. So listen to his story. Here's what he says to Donatus. This is a cheerful world as I see it from my fir garden. But if I could ascend some high mountain and look out over the wide lands... You know very well what I would see. Brigands on the highways, pirates on the sea, armies fighting, cities burning. In amphitheaters, men murdered to please applauding crowds. Selfishness and cruelty, misery and despair under all roofs. It is a bad world, Donatus, an incredibly bad world. But I have discovered in the midst of it a quiet and holy people who have learned a great secret. They have found a joy which is a thousand times better than that of any of the pleasures of our sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. These people, Donatists, are Christians, and I am one of them. That's a great little slice of early church history. And I love the description that Cyprian gives of early Christians. Christians are those who have found a joy a thousand times better than that of any pleasure one can find in one's sinful life. In a bad and a sad world, there was a company of sunny souls. In a stress-inducing world, Marked by murder, misery, and mayhem, there was a joy-producing people. 
the Christians. And Cyprian became one of them. You see, the church was an island of happiness in the midst of a sea of gloom and doom. The church was an oasis of solid joy in the midst of a desert of hopelessness and despair. Cyprian's admitting that one of the distinguishing marks of the Christian in the early church was this unbounded joy. Someone has said that joy is as natural to the Christian as play is to a child and as beauty is to a rose. That's true. And here we find in Philippians 4, verse 4, Paul encouraging the church at Philippi to exude and express a joy unspeakable. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. This wasn't blind optimism. This wasn't a superficial happiness tied to some pleasant circumstance. No, this was a solid joy that could be found at any hour in the day and any day in the week because one can find it in Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, and forever. The friend, the Savior, the Advocate, the Protector, and the Lord of His people. In fact, Jesus promises that, doesn't He? In John 15, verse 11, He says to His disciples in the Upper Room Discourse, I pray that my joy may remain in you and that your joy might be full. So as we're looking at this issue of less stress, I'm going to suggest on the basis of Philippians 4, verse 4, that joy is another stress buster. Fixing broken relationships goes a long way to lessening stress in our lives. But another factor in lessening stress in our lives is to live in the joy of Jesus Christ. Now, we've started to look at verses 2 through 9. These are Paul's closing comments in his letter. And at first they may look like a rag bag of loosely related injunctions, but they're not. Because the themes here of unity and joy and prayer and a right mindset, you'll find them in earlier chapters. In fact, look at this theme of joy. If you go back to chapter 1 and verse 4, Paul says that he prays for the Philippians with all joy. In chapter 2 and verse 2, he prays that they would be like-minded and complete his joy. He says in chapter 3 and verse 1, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. So what you have in verse 4 of chapter 4 is a repeated theme within this letter. In fact, Paul will mention joy 19 times in the compass of this small correspondence. It's like a bell that tolls through the book. Secondly, They are a series of imperatives. He implores these two ladies to be of the same mind. He calls on this church to rejoice, to let their gentleness be known to all men, to be anxious for nothing and prayerful about everything. He calls them to give thanks. He calls them to indeed replicate his own example. These are a series of imperatives that if they're followed, will allow this church to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. This section of verses 2 to 9 is a way in which they can conduct themselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. That's what he calls them to do back in chapter 1 and verse 27. And then finally, as we just reintroduce these 
several verses here in verses 2 through 9, they are a God-given prescription for peace. They're not just repeated themes, and they're not just a series of imperatives for you and I to live out as an expression of our devotion to Jesus Christ. By living these out, you and I can come to enjoy an out-of-this-world peace for living in this world. Because Paul tells us here in verse 7 that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds. Paul tells us in verse 9 that if we follow these imperatives, the God of peace will be with you. And so if you want to lessen stress in your life, you need to follow these imperatives. This is a theology that's better than any therapy. This is a therapeutic truth designed to settle your nerves, calm your heart, inflate your spirit with the buoyancy of Christian joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. That's part of the prescription for peace. You know Proverbs 15.13 and Proverbs 17.22. A merry heart, a cheerful heart, a joyful heart is what? A good medicine. And so let's come and look at this verse. It's part of this prescription for peace. It'll allow us to lessen the stress. There's three things, the command, the connection, and the constancy. They're all there in verse 4, and I'll make it clear. The command, the connection, the constancy. Let's look at the first thought here, the command. Verse 4 comes with fire and force. It's an imperative in the Greek grammar. simply means it's a command. You must be in compliance with verse 4 to live a life and conduct your affairs in a manner worthy of the gospel. This is what it means to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Rejoice in the Lord always. And you see the force of this and the fact that he doubles down by the double use of the verb rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. This is an injunction. This isn't good advice. Take it or leave it. Come back to it. No, starting today, you have got to rejoice in the Lord always. This is what is expected of you as a Christian. Now, let's pause. Because I would guess you're bristling a little at the thought, how can joy be commanded? I thought joy was a spontaneous thing. It kind of just happens to you. It's caught more than commanded. But that's not true. It's something that you can command. It's something that you can will. It was an article by John Sartell. Here's what he says. Many think that joy is like the flu. It's something you catch. It just happens. Others opine that joy is in the genes. It's an innate character trait in some people that automatically emerges from their DNA. You know, just some people are happy-go-lucky. Joy comes to them naturally. Well, he goes on, yet all through Scripture, God commands joy. Joy is the second element listed on the fruit of the Spirit. Love is the first. Is love a virus that is caught? Is love automatic? No, God commands us as Christians to love even the most difficult situations. Husbands and wives are commanded to love each other because authentic love is not an involuntary action. 
just so we are commanded to rejoice. It is a decision, a choice we make. Every day we will choose either joy or cynicism, joy or despair, joy or desolation, joy or worry, joy or complaining. It's a good word. He's right. Joy is a decision. It's a choice you make. It's not a spontaneous emotion. It's the result of a deliberate choice on your part to find happiness and joy in what you know to be true about Jesus Christ and what you know to be true about yourself in relation to Jesus Christ. Here's the way I'm putting it. And write this down and think about it. Joy is the result of a forced focus on Christ. A tough treasuring of Christ. That's what Paul's calling you to do. As you rejoice in the Lord, joy will come. In the midst of hardship, in the midst of heartache, in the midst of horror, in the midst of loss, in the midst of tears and troubles, you must consciously force your focus away from self-pity, away from surrounding circumstances. You need to get your eyes off your enemy and those who threaten to hurt you. And you need to force your focus on Jesus Christ and you're going to rejoice in the Lord. You can will that. You can decide that. You can choose that. You can't choose your circumstances, but you can choose your reaction and response to your circumstances. And one of those responses is to find your joy in Christ. What did the psalmist say? In Psalm 118, verse 24, this is the day the Lord has made. There's a recognition there, isn't there? This day is something He has given me. Whatever happens today, God has permitted it and God has planned it. This is the day the Lord has made. Now what does He say? I will rejoice and be glad in it. There's not only a recognition there, there's a resolve there. I will rejoice. Whatever this day brings, God has allowed it. And I will rejoice in Him because He governs all that's happening in my life. This is the day the Lord has made. Notice the words, I will rejoice. That's an act of the will. That's a decision. That's a choice. That's an attitude. Go to the beginning of chapter 1 of this letter. I'll paint in the background in Philippians. This is Paul's first imprisonment. He will be released from this one. There'll be a second imprisonment from which he will not be released, and he will die as a martyr. But here he's under house arrest. He's probably been under house arrest for about two years. He's been kicked about, if you read the tail end of the book of Acts, like a political football. He eventually appeals to Caesar. And he'll make his way to Rome. Now that's the background to what he's about to say, because they're trying to find out, hey, Paul, what's been happening with you? Verse 12, chapter 1. I want you to know, brethren, that the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Here's the good news. I've been kicked about like a political football. I've got more enemies than friends where I live at the moment. But God's up to something. And then he goes on, we'll not read all the verses, but he goes on to talk about how in his absence, during his imprisonment, some have begun to preach Christ, even from envy and strife, some, verse 16, out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, to add to my affliction. Can you imagine that? One would guess some young upstart thinks, you know what, this is my move. Paul's out of the way. I'll come to the fore. And Paul admits that there are some who are preaching Christ and it grieves him that they're doing it with the wrong motive. But their message is right. Their motive is wrong. Look what he says in verse 18. What then? You want to know my reaction? 
You want to know my response? Only that in every way, whether in pretense, there are those who are preaching the gospel out of pretense, some are preaching it in truth, but here's what Paul says, I like the fact Christ is being preached. Now notice the words, and in this I, what? Rejoice. And will rejoice. It's a choice. It's an attitude. It's a mindset. It's a decision. He could get all focused on these guys that are preaching out of pretense. They're adding to his affliction. But no, he's going to rejoice in the Lord and the fact that God's gospel is being preached in advance. I will rejoice. That's where I'm going to set my focus and that's where I'm going to put my joy. Folks, fundamentally, joy is a habit of the heart. It is the soul continuing consciously to choose to value Christ above all. The onus is on you. Tomorrow morning, the alarm goes off or your phone rings and you get up. And you know what? Before you know it, stuff will start hitting you. The day will start crowding you in. I am guess before sunset, stuff will have happened. Question is, what are you going to do in response? Are you going to consciously choose to focus on Christ? His love, His presence, His promises, His lordship over your life, Because you see, joy, according to Paul, is not the product of temperament. It's not the outcome of providence. It's not the child of a silly emotion alone. It's the consequence of choosing to rejoice in Jesus. That's what joy is. It's the consequence of choosing to rejoice in Jesus. It's an orientation of your heart. It's an attitude. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice regardless. That's why I love what one theologian said, that joy is a defiant nevertheless. It's a good quote, actually. Write it down. Joy is a defiant nevertheless. What's he saying? He's saying that whatever circumstance you're in, and it's bad, and it's ugly, and it's sucking the life out of you, you need to declare a defiant nevertheless. In the face of cancer, in the face of a prodigal child, in the face of whatever circumstance crushes your spirit, nevertheless, I'm going to focus on what I know to be true about Jesus Christ and my relationship with Him. I'm kept by the power of God. I've got an inheritance reserved for me in heaven. And in that will I greatly rejoice. He will never leave me nor forsake me. And in that will I greatly rejoice. That's what joy is. It's a defiant nevertheless. It's not allowing the circumstance to dictate your mood or to indeed bring about a negative response. You got a to-do list? What's the number one priority of tomorrow morning? Well, according to George Mueller, it's to make your soul happy in the Lord. It's to orient your heart and mind to eternal things, gospel truths. So when you walk out the front door, you stay at home raising the kids, and you begin the day in the onslaught of deadlines and demands and difficulties, To a large degree, they're going to bounce off you like BB pellets against the hull of a battleship because you've made your soul happy in the Lord. Whatever happens in the morning and the afternoon and night, all may change, but Jesus never. Glory to His name. That's where your joy is. You have a responsibility every day of this week to make your soul happy in the Lord. And if you're sad, and if you're some kind of spiritual puddle glum, 
and you're a cloud heavy with rain over everybody's head wherever you go. That's your fault. That's your issue. Oh, you need to know my circumstances, Pastor. You've got to understand the guy that you know, lies beside me in the bed. You haven't met my children. I need to introduce you to my boss. It's all irrelevant. Your joy's to be in the Lord. Not your circumstances, not your kids, not your husband, not your health, not your bank balance. Not that those things aren't sources of joy, but they'll change. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. And that's where you find your joy. And it's your responsibility to make your soul happy in the Lord. Philip DeCourcy is encouraging us to be sunny souls in a world of darkness. You're listening to Know the Truth, and you can hear more messages from Philip online at ktt.org. Now, Philip, you're back with us, and I can hardly believe we're well into our eighth year of ministry. It has been exciting to watch Know the Truth grow to reach more listeners with the hope and truth of God's Word. It is hard to believe, Wayne, but at this point in our history, we have produced more than 2,200 programs for the radio and the web. And these are messages uh, that God, we believe, has used for His glory, and uh, lives have been changed, and the influence of our ministry is continuing to reach more men and women across the United States. And so we're thankful to God for His um, providence and kindness to our ministry, for our team of volunteers that allow this ministry to operate on a weekly basis for those who pray with us. And also, Wayne, for those who have invested in the ministry, we couldn't be on the air without those who have invested in us financially. In fact, that was brought home to me in a very special way. Just recently, I received a letter from one of our faithful truth ambassadors, a man I'll call Bob, who wrote to tell us that sadly he had to end his support because he had just been diagnosed with a terminal illness and expected to be in heaven soon. In fact, uh, Bob concluded his letter to me by saying this, Philip, please know that you have been an immense spiritual blessing in my life. Maybe people feel to say it enough, but I want the record of eternity to reflect the fact that your ministry made a difference. If there's a suggestion box in heaven, know that I will strongly recommend that the Lord bless you ever so richly and cause your ministry to abound to his glory. I am saddened that I must end my support but I hope you understand. And you know what? We, and it was my privilege to just call Bob and his family and thank him for their ministry. And then that letter just inspires us as a ministry because there are more people like Bob who have invested in us on a monthly basis who allow this ministry to not only change their lives, but other lives. And in some ways, I think Bob's letter lays a gauntlet before us as a ministry and certainly our listeners. Uh, I would challenge those listening today, would you pick up where Bob left off? And would you consider becoming a truth ambassador, uh, supporting our ministry on a monthly basis? You can do that as low as $25 a month or more or much more. Uh, But we're thankful to the Bobs of this world. Bob died in the uh, comfort of the gospel and the assurance of sins forgiven through Jesus Christ. And that's how we want people to live. And that's how we want people to die. And that's why we want to keep this broadcast going for as long as we can. So if you would consider becoming a truth ambassador, we'd very much appreciate that. Please go online and sign up today at ktt.org. All right. Thank you, Philip. And you can start that monthly donation today. As Philip said, you can sign up online at ktt.org. 
or call 888-644-8811. Now, if you prefer, you can mail your monthly donation to Know the Truth, Post Office Box 30250, Anaheim Hills, California, 92809. And when you become a monthly Truth Ambassador or give a generous one-time gift today, we'll send you a book by Jerry Bridges, a modern classic called Trusting God. Learn to trust God even when your world seems upside down. Ask for the book, Trusting God, when you give by calling 888-644-8811 or donate online at ktt.org. If you're new to Know the Truth, be sure to request the free CD message we're offering for just a few more days. It's called Keep Calm and Carry On. Ask for it when you reach out to let us know you're listening. Call us at 888-644-8811. That's all the time we have today. I'm your host, Wayne Shepherd, inviting you back Tuesday for more on Know the Truth. Today's program was produced and sponsored by Know the Truth Incorporated. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Even when you die, your family's now going to be stuck with this burden. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Call for your free information kit, 800-290-7100. That's 800-290-7100. 800-290-7100. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.